get the best of Clairsey, Shane and Kimber on the podcast. For surprisingly good insurance, it's SGIO. Look, <clears throat> junior sport is is fraught with fraughtness. Uh, my son last weekend played uh, junior hockey. It was raining. This was on the Sunday. I, I put um, a photo up of, of his sport field where it was just one big giant puddle. Mm-hmm. But uh, bad umpiring, shocking umpiring. We lost. <laughs> I was going to say, seems like the losing side. Yeah. yeah. No, but it was. It was awful umpiring. But you can't say anything as a parent. So these kids are 14. Do you get a kid or like an 18-year-old or something or you get an older adult? Well, the kid, the one that was awful, like you can't say anything and I didn't say anything. Yeah. Mm. I whispered it. I told a few I think it's against the rules too, isn't it? Isn't it like you can't be a parent on the side yelling out things? No, you can't. It's just you can't do it. So it was like an older teenager. But basically we would have probably won the game if the umpiring was better. Okay. Uh, But I sent a a text message to a mate of mine. His son plays junior footy. And his son, this is Simon's son, yep. plays under 14s. Uh, they lost 64 points to one point. Ooh, so I yeah. felt awesome. Wow. Like I went, well, there's always someone else's kid doing worse than yours, someone right? much worse. Now, this is a record. Gordon Football Club playing in the Central Highlands Footy League. This is junior sport. Scored 69 goals against Smithsdale. Ooh. This is uh, over in Victoria last weekend. Yep. Smithsdale scored just one goal for the match. So it was 69 goals to one goal. Mm. Oh. 69. One player, Steve Stephen Nicholson, kicked 19 goals. What a legend. On the way to Gordon's 436 points. Oh, oh, 69 you know, goals. Josh Kennedy the shame. You know when it? sporting this teams are doing really oh, well too, each goal, even though they, they've clearly got a massive lead and they're going to win, mm. each goal they scream louder and louder because you just they get into a state of delirium. But this, this yeah. is like Gordon, 69 goals, 22, 436, yep. to Smithsdale, one goal, one seven. One, one. Wow. <laughs> Do you not, there must have been someone from the club as a goal umpire, because when I used to play with Nolamara, I oh. was the goal umpire, and you just go like, yeah, it's a goal. And, yeah. and everyone argues with you, but they can't change it. No, <laughs> especially you that one goal. It. You wouldn't want to question the one goal they got. Absolutely. But I'd love to know your sporting uh, nightmare as a child. Like, I remember mm. school carnival, and I was never real, because I was too short for it to, you know, I had a fantastic running gait, mm. but I, di- I just couldn't, you know, keep up with the with the taller kids. Mm. Yeah. But we went to the 200 metres, and uh, all the kids are saying, look, I'm not going to try. Yeah. I'm not going to try. Oh, and, yeah. And, oh, yeah, and yeah. I took it on as being gospel. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I took off like, uh, uh, like somebody that didn't care, Speedy and these Gonzales? guys were off like the clappers. <laughs> yeah, and I had to catch up for oh. the whole time, so I was finished last. That's but all these guys are going, we're not trying, we're not trying. Bang! As soon as the gun went off, you know, off. A friend of mine, and I never really thought about this before, but he told me his sporting nightmare was when we're younger and they get you to play shirts and skins. Yep. So oh. you know when they can't tell. You know, to divide the team, Ooh. and yeah, he was a he. He said he was a fat kid. They're his words. He said I was the fat kid at school, and he said I hated being forced to take my shirt off. And oh, so yeah. he would try not to play. He'd stand on the side until they dragged him in. I bet he was terrorised as a yeah, kid. Yeah, exactly. Because that's if awful. that that really bothers you, that's something that's really awful, and that is a nightmare. To mm. go Especially to if you're a girl. Yeah, <laughs> <Shirts and skins. laughs> they don't play shirts and skins with the girls. They're mixed. No. <laughs> yeah, they get netball bibs out no matter what sport you're playing. But I remember junior cricket once. There was too many kids in our team, you know, and I wasn't really that good as a young cricketer at uh, 12, so I had to play for the opposition, a one-man short, right? Yep. So I had this big, angry fast bowler from this team that I was playing with, and he got our, our best batsman from our team out 
Guess who dropped the catch? Oh, you. No. Yes. He eventually got him out, but I dropped the catch, and this guy was so angry. He didn't know what, where to look, what to do, but I was playing for the opposition. My teammate goes, hey, Clearsy, thanks for dropping me, mate. Yeah, oh, what? Yeah. Dean can't, cl- can't catch a ball, Clears. That was it. Yeah. Like can't bat, can't bowl. Like a nightmare. Talking about um, junior sport, uh, sometimes it doesn't go to plan. I know I've had many, many an unsexful. I remember a school team, they're picking their footy team, uh, and there was down to two more two people left, and there was me mm. and this chubby kid. Yep. And he got a gig before me. <laughs> we Just- don't want the short little person there. But uh, we talked about this this team in the Victorian Country Footy League won uh, a game 69 goals to one. So the Smithdale team had one goal and you get flogged by 69. And mm. the team that got 69 goals are still only second on the ladder. Oh, so it must be some, some fantastic yeah. competition. <laughs> but uh, your junior sports nightmare, Jan of Thornley. Yeah, hi. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good Jan. Um, What's your story? My mortifying moment happened when I was 10 and it pretty much set the tone for my entire life playing sport. Um, <laughs> I don't remember much from back then, but it was a school sports day. Yep. And I was in the running race and it was about the only thing I was in. And I was so nervous and I was so excited. I was beside myself. And, and they called our team up and we were up the starting line, ready, steady, go. And I stood there and frozen wet my pants. And oh, <laughs> how, how old a person were you, Jen? I was. Oh, he's humiliating. Absolutely. Mm. I was old enough to be humiliated. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was horrific. Did you run with the wet pants, Jan? (laughs) I ran back to the sky. I think I just ran back to the toilets. I didn't run down the track, no. Right. Did anybody know? Like, did any of the other kids know? Oh, God, they knew I had a skirt on. It was down my legs. It was in me. No, that was... That was back in the days when you didn't lose shoes. That was at school sports. You know, oh, you yeah. running their bare feet. Yeah, yeah. Mm, fantastic. Yeah. So I was doing a bit of slipping on the grass. Oh, <laughs> <Wet legs. laughs> Let's move on, Jan. Thanks for your call. Oh, Jan's the cutest. My God. Oh, that's I'm gross. feeling a bit crook. so cute. I don't blame you. <laughs> Amy's online from Byford. G'day, Aim. Hi, how are you? All right, we're talking about your, uh, your childhood sporting nightmare. I was about nine years in primary school from nine to 12. Ages nine to twelve, yep. we used to have to run cross country, mm. and within the first hundred meters, I'd roll my ankle. And it wasn't until I was about fourteen, fifteen, we actually um, worked out that I'd actually been tearing the tendon every year I'd been running. Ooh. Oh, ouch! So you did some yeah. really serious damage in that time. I did, mm. but it's all healed now, as far as I'm aware. But yeah, no, it was used to be quite painful and I just used to, I used to keep going I'd come in last but yeah yeah I but you just kept trying well one year I had parent helpers four of them helping me hobble across the line oh wow well, I've got two words for you mate tiger bum mm. <laughs> tiger, tiger bum ice chat yeah all of that there's a woman's oh. pain threshold thanks, uh, thanks very much Amy we've got oh, uh, Ray to wrap it hey Ray were your childhood sporting a nightmare yeah, I was a uh, a migrant from Scotland in 1963, so no one understood a word I said in primary school. <laughs> yep. And uh, I was the short, skinny guy with the, the thick horn-rimmed glasses. <laughs> so totally unco, because no hand-eye coordination coming out of Scotland. Yep. And uh, <laughs> so um, they, they'd pick four fat kids before me on uh, on a football team. Yep. Oh. So the uh, the big round robin uh, at the end of the uh, the year in 1969, last lane oval, and... Uh, 
they put me in charge of uh, hitting the uh, the siren for the uh, the timings. Right. And uh, as Wilson Primary School were uh, charging up to kick their winning goal, I fell sideways off the chair and hit the siren with my elbow. End of the match, <laughs> and I lost. Oh no! <laughs> Did you tell anyone, Ray? Did anyone know that the timer wasn't up? It was patently obvious who was in the uh, the timing box. <laughs> you know and, what's uh, so funny is that you're so uncoordinated you can't play, but extra uncoordinated that you fell off your chair for no reason. Yeah, and and <laughs> so after I was scarred for life. I yeah. uh, I played I played uh, squash, fencing, archery, pistol shooting, all individual sports. After that, okay. <laughs> right. I'm just going to go out on a limb here, Ray, and think I think your surname is Magoo, is it, Ray Magoo? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it. I tell you, it was uh, yeah. He was my hero. Yeah. All right, Magoo, you've done it again. Uh, we've got two tickets uh, to the YMF Australian Superbike Championships at Barbagillo Raceway, May twenty-two to twenty-four. Oh, I love it! Tickets available at the gate. You've got a couple. Fantastic! Thank you very much. It's a great prize, Ray. You can also it includes the garage tour with one of the leading teams. You've got access to the grid prior to the race, so oh, it's going to be a good day. Might even ride my bike there. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, mate. We'll blow the siren on you. Thanks, buddy. All yes, the best. Thank you. Strong words from the Prime Minister, we won't negotiate with foreign fighters. He's talking about Australians and some associated with Islamic State and Syria in particular wanting to return home. Darren Hinch is online. Darren, good morning. Good morning, guys. Now, Darren, these people shooting rounds at our own troops and they want to come home, what are your thoughts? Look, I don't think the Prime Minister should even be in any negotiations with them. I think he's been very strong and he's quite right. I've been around a poll on my website started yesterday 72% 72% of people say he should not be allowed to come home. Now, I don't agree with that. I think they sh- should be allowed to come home, mm. but be jailed. And 20% agree with that. Um, because, you know, he does have an Australian passport, and I, some argue that, well, he, he's negated that by going overseas. But turn it around, if some, if some Syrian was here, we didn't want them, we'd, uh, we'd send them back to where they came from. And So he should come home, but face the music. Uh, I noticed that he's now come out. I was saying on Paul Murray last night, I said that... Um, He's probably not in Syria now. He must be in Turkey or he wouldn't be putting his head up. And the interview he did with CBS was some months ago. Right. Um, His name has come out now. His name is Adam Brookman. He's a married father of five from Melbourne. He's been gone for about a year. But he's now painting himself as just... He was just a medic. He didn't do anything, etc., etc. And yet, I wouldn't be surprised now if he says he's taken up painting or found God. Um, (laughs) You know, this is... I can't believe it. This, this man's now saying that he was, wasn't this and he wasn't that. And yet in the same interview with CBS, he boasted about how he wanted to live under Sharia law. Mm. And he spoke approvingly of watching a couple of adulterers being stoned to death. Well, Darren, it's a very difficult situation too, because if he does, if they are allowed back into Australia and they are going to be imprisoned, then it'll cost us $100,000 a year to keep them in Australian yep. prisons. But they could also, if they are radicalised, and they, then they could be radicalising others with in the prison system, which is a bunch of people you don't want to get in that situation. Yeah, okay. On that basis, then don't lock up a murderer because he might get, when he's in jail, he might convince somebody else that killing is fun. Yeah, well, right. Don't lock up a sex offender because they may convert other people. I mean, yeah, but this, I mean, I think it's a little bit different. I mean, you're talking about murderers, you're talking about people who maybe act in, in soul things. Obviously, what works behind this radicalisation is, is a cult mentality. Yeah, but what, what do you do with him? You say you leave him in Syria? Syria says, hey, he's not one of ours. Yeah. 
if you carry look, I know if if he carries a dual passport, which is possible, I suppose, uh, then you can cancel his Australian end of it. But if you're, I think, if you're an Australian citizen born in Australia, uh, or you've got taken on Australian citizenship, then you're entitled to 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 be here. But don't get me wrong, I think these guys should do twenty five years in jail, thirty yeah. years in jail, come up with their old men. I don't care, yeah. Darren. You know what I don't get? Life as an ISIS de- defector. They see it something as grand, and the reality is it's not all that uh, grand, and it's not all that parade victory, and what it's not, not as romantic or ex- exciting yeah, exactly. as I think. Yeah. what it's supposed to be. Well, anybody who sit here, a, 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 even an impressionable teenager, and can watch a Jordanian pilot being burned to death in a cage, oh, or watching a Christian line of Christians being led along a beach to be beheaded, and thinks that that is glory. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is just spooky. I think the Western world has to draw a line in the sand. And we have, first of all, you'd hope you'd have some sort of Middle Eastern thing, like Middle Eastern countries form their own sort of NATO. But in the end, the world has to fight this. This is the worst uh, threat to world peace since Nazism. I really believe that. And I think it's going to be the case where in the end, um, Australian troops and American troops and, and Belgian troops will have to be in there because this is the most ghastly, um, immoral, uh, extremist group we've ever seen. Yeah, Darren, Darren, I mentioned earlier that Shane and I have got young men, uh, young young teenagers, and these young vulnerable men being lured on the internet. And as we mentioned there, I mean, this is is scary stuff as a parent at a basic level. Yeah, but you, you, I mean, how do you watch for it? I mean, these, yeah. the p- parents of, of young now, even you've got a, you've got a fifteen-year-old Muslim child. Uh, you, you don't know what they're watching on the internet. Uh, look, it goes back to one basic thing: whatever your kids are doing, I think put their 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 laptops in in the lounge room. Don't let them have. Uh, the bedroom door shut with the internet. I'm so you know what they're watching. Well, Darren, the other thing is too is these gentlemen are now saying they want to return because there's the three of them, not just that one mm. guy, but they're saying they want to return here to tell others it's not what you think it is. It's not the glory. It's not all of those things, and they want to discourage Australians from signing up to they're fight. They're saying now to get their, get their own backsides back to back safely back to Australia. Mm. I, I, don't, I, I don't agree with that. Mm. I think they've uh, they made their choice. They are, they are now. Uh, they are uh, terrorists, and they should not be treated any differently. I know that now. Rob Starry, who's the lawyer who's been talking on this guy's behalf, right? Yep. I, I've said before, I doubt he'd have a, a drop of red left in one ventricle <laughs> because he's such a bleeding heart. I've argued with him on radio so many times, and you watch some of him and some of the guys on the ABC, some of those broadcasters, they'll be painting these pig guys as being sort of messiahs who can help the world by bringing them back here to show the bad side. They, these guys went there with their eyes wide open and now they want to come home, we'll face the music. Yeah. Hey, Darren, always forthright, mate. Thanks for your point of view. Okay, thank you. Get the best of Clairsy, Shane and Kimber on the podcast. For surprisingly good insurance, it's SGIO.